there for ever, 33 plus years now. So I thank God for them. So would you please turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. Pastor Sally gave me an assignment this morning, and my purpose is to fulfill that assignment. So Pastor Sally has been in a series of lessons on tremendous fruitfulness. And in particularly, in the last two weeks, she has been talking about managing myself. So in the first lesson, she talked about how we are the COO and the CEO of our lives. Y'all remember that? She said that our lives are made up of our habits and our choices. She talked about how we have to manage offenses. She said that our offense is one of Satan's tool to steal our peace and rob us of God's blessings. She said that offenses disrupt the unity that allows the supernatural power of God to flow in our lives. Then last week on lesson part two of managing myself, she began to talk about We have to manage our emotions rather than allow our emotions to manage us. Then she talked about managing stress. She said that we must manage our thoughts through stressful and fearful situations. So my assignment today is to talk to you about managing your mind and your mouth. Managing your mind and your mouth. Second Corinthians 10 and 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing exhorts itself against the knowledge of God and bring it into captivity, every thought, to the obedience of Christ. So my objective today is to highlight the importance of our thoughts and our words and show you how to manage the words of your mouth as a component of your spiritual success strategies. Many thoughts come to our minds daily. Every day. Many thoughts come to our mind. And thoughts are powerful, and according to scripture, they have creative ability. And since our thoughts affect what we become, then it should certainly be a priority that we think right thoughts. Amen? We have to purposely choose right thinking because our thoughts become our words. And one of the most important revelations needed in the Christian world is an understanding of the impact of the words of your mouth. And even though the scripture clearly teaches that our words have value and spoken words create more than just sound waves, most people do not respect the value of their words. Thoughts are inactive actions. And they're waiting for an opportunity to act. In order for a thought to become alive and active, it must have words attached to it. Words are seeds that produce life. 
So you must abort all ungodly thoughts. Once your thoughts are alive, they will determine your action. God wants us to win in life, but our victory is predicated by how we apply the principle of success revealed in Scripture. And one powerful principle has to do with how the words we speak affect the quality of our life. There are several terms used in Scripture to refer to the spoken word. You will hear words like my mouth, the tongue, the lips, or words. And the psalmist writes in Psalms 19 and 14 about the acceptability of his words, implying that not all speech is acceptable. Psalms 19.14 says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. So our words are only acceptable when they conform to God's order for correct and accurate speaking. So let's talk about managing your thoughts. Our thoughts matter. Proverbs 23 says, and it lets us know how important it is that we think properly and have proper thoughts. Because it says, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So scripture has stated emphatically that what we think will have a direct effect on us. So it is vital that we renew what we think and make sure that what we think is in agreement with what God has said in his word about our situation. Our mind has to be renewed to follow after the spirit and not after the flesh. It is important that you understand that what we think is based entirely upon what we believe. If our believing is wrong, then our thinking will be wrong. And if our thinking is wrong, then instead of the blessing manifesting in our lives, we'll have something other than the blessings or other than what we desire. Scripture says it this way in Luke 6.44, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringing forth that which is good, and an evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart bringing forth that which is evil, for out of the abundance of the mouth the heart speaketh. I'll take my towel. So in other words, my towel. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. In other words, what we believe in our heart and what we think in our mind is what we'll speak out and talk about. And when we do that, we'll experience what we want and not what God has promised. But instead, we'll experience what we've been saying. So if you want to experience the blessings of God in your life, it is vital to us as believers that we speak words that bring life and not death. So the best way to shut negative thoughts down is to speak God's words. Because contaminated thinking causes corrupt speaking and action. In Genesis, when Satan came to Eve, he came to her with words. He twisted the word of God, and he caused her to doubt what God had said. And so she began thinking on the words that Satan said. 
and her thinking produced the a- actions. So as you know, she ate of the fruit. And we all know the end of that story. In First Peter 5 and 8, it tells us to be sober, be vigilant. Because our adversary, the devil, as a roaring loud, he's walking about seeking whom he may devour. Now, let's think a minute here. Because is he going from seat to seat trying to devour everybody in here? Is that what he's doing? Is that what scripture talking about? He's, he's walking. Let me submit something to you. One of the definitions of the word sober is to be cautious. In action, listen to this, or speech. One of the definitions of the word sober is to be cautious in action or speech. So we need to be vigilant. That is to say, watch carefully what we say. Because what he's seeking for is the words that come out of your mouth. And that's how he'll devour you. With the words that come out of your mouth. Matthew 6 and 31 says, Therefore take no thought saying what you shall eat and what you shall drink or wherewithal shall you be clothed. Proverbs 6 and 2 lets us know that we're snared by the words that come out of our mouth. So we're talking about managing your thoughts. Let's talk about managing your mouth. In order to live a life of success, you must quickly learn the important principle of managing your mouth. Most people are highly developed in what I call the victim mentality or the victim vocabulary or negative talk. But they don't realize that their negative speech becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. You'll have what you say. The scripture clearly teaches that the words we speak do matter. Our words are spiritual containers that impact both the natural realm and the spiritual realm. And in Isaiah 55, 10 through 11, God reveals the power in which he regards his word. He says in Isaiah 55, 10, he says, For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my words be that go forth out of my mouth. Listen what he says. He says, It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. So God puts power behind the words. God spoke and look what happened. He spoke and the universe came into existence. He spoke and the Red Sea parted. He spoke and the lepers were made clean. He spoke and Lazarus was raised from the dead. He spoke and water was turned into wine. He spoke and the multitudes was fed. He spoke and the blind could see. He spoke and the lamb did what the lame did what he spoke and the dumb could speak. He what he spoke and the deaf could hear. He spoke and the cripple and the the lame and the paralyzed and the bleeding were healed. He spoke and deliverance took place. 
The true power of God's word, John 6, 63 says, it is the spirit that quickeneth, and the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So this scripture here explains the true power of words. They are scriptural, they are spiritual entities that affect your life. So Jesus, as our example, Jesus came to serve as our example and to show us how to live the God-ordained life. He divested himself of his deity to live as a man to show us what was possible. The Bible says death and life is in the power of your tongue in Proverbs 18.21. So death or life in any situation is determined by the words that I speak. The value of the word. Some people, you have to value your word. Some people spend all their lives in church and never understand or never was told about the value of the words that they speak. Words become reality in your life. Mark eleven twenty three, very familiar scripture, I'm sure, to everybody in here. For it says, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say. Unto this mountain be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. This scripture from Jesus' earthly ministry cannot be misunderstood. Words become the reality of your life. We will come into possession of what we believe and speak continually. So we have to take control of our words. You manage your mouth when you take control of your words and speak in agreement with the plan of God. Romans 10, 10 says, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So the word confession here is a Greek word and it means saying in agreement with. So you and I will begin to maximize the purpose of our mouth when we learn to speak in agreement with the way God says we should use our mouth. Effective uses of the words, we can look at Hebrews 10 and 23. And it says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For faithful is he that promised. God is faithful to his word. He's faithful to his word. And then when we speak his word, he says he'll bring it to pass. The word profession is a term, and it's kind of like the word confession that we mentioned just earlier in Romans 10.10, and it carries that same meaning. So when we speak faith-filled words, it's the best use of our mouth, and it will aid us in managing our state in life. The Bible teaches that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, but it also instructs us through multiple examples that faith is released by the words of my mouth. Time and time again, Jesus would speak words of faith that would cause something positive to happen on the earth. So every believer has the same ability to speak faith-filled words as Jesus did in Mark 11. It is not bondage to have a disciplined mouth. Oh, my God. It is not bondage to have a disciplined mouth. You don't have to say everything that comes to your mouth. It is not bondage to have a disciplined mouth, knowing that the words I speak actually work for my good or for my detriment. So what happens when I 
confess the word of God out of my mouth, I release faith in the earth. The force of faith is released. Hebrews 11 and 3 says, it's through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. What happens when I confess the word of God? I speak into motion, death, and life. What happens when I speak the word of God? I speak and demonic forces are restrained. What happens when I speak the word of God? I give God something to confirm in my life. What happens when I speak the word of God? I declare what I believe in my heart. What happens when I speak the word of God? I place my order for what I want in life. I frame or I create my world. What happens when I speak the word? I speak and take authority over the devil and I overcome temptation. Mark, Matthew 4 and 2 and 11, it talks about when Jesus had fasted 40 days and, and 40 nights, he was afterwards a hunger. And when the tempter came to him, he said, if you be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. When the devil came for Jesus, one, uh, when, when the devil came for Jesus, one translation said, be gone because it is written. Let me tell you something. When he comes for you, you speak out of your mouth. Be gone. What happens when I confess the word of God, I lose ministering spirits. I lose angels to go to work on my behalf. So you must understand that your words are not just coming out of your mouth into some empty space, but they tap into the spirit realm. John 6.63 says, it is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Hebrews 1 and 14 says, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to them who shall be the heirs of salvation. Psalms 103 and 20 says, Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that you do his commandments, hearken unto the voice of the word. So the angels are hearkening, listening to the word of God. My word set into motion things in the spirit realm that will effect, eventually affect my life. So the scripture teaches that the angels move into action. When we speak faithful words, the angels are like on ready, set, go. But for most of our lives, they're just on ready and set because we don't speak the word of God. You got to activate the word of God so that the angels can move in your life. You got to activate the word of God so that the angels can move in your life. Daniel 10 and 10 says, and behold, a hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the plans, palms of my hand. And he said unto me, Oh, Daniel, a man of greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee I am now sent. And when he had spoken his word unto me, I stood trembling. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou settest thy heart to understand, and to chasten thyself before the God. Your words were heard. Listen. Don't let impatience stop you from receiving from God. Don't let impatience cause you to change your testimony or change to the confessions that come out of your mouth. Because the Bible says, from the first day that I heard your word, I came. 
the scripture teaches that the evil spirits become subject unto us when we speak faithful words. We release spiritual authority that has been delegated to us. Demonic forces are restrained. Luke 10 and 17 says, and the 70 return again with joy saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us. Matthew 4 and 1 through 4 again, when Jesus was led up into the wilderness, we can see that example, that the devils were subject to him. It is clear that faith-filled words are critical for managing situations and set faith-filled words apart from other words. Faith-filled words are not the same as just a, a, a regular positive confession. They're different. Faith-filled words are different from just any words that you speak. God taught a powerful principle to Abraham about managing his mouth. God had made a promise to bless Abraham with a son at the time when Abraham was old and his wife was far beyond any childbearing years. Of course, after waiting a long time for God to fulfill the promise, after waiting for a long time for God to fulfill the promise, Abraham grew weary and began to complain. Abraham did not understand that for the promise to come to pass, it would require his mouth to produce the results. Abraham understood the power of believing, but that was only one side of the coin. The other side of faith coins involved speaking faith-filled words. So here's what God did. He changed Abram's name, which caused him to speak faith-filled words throughout his life. That's right. Every time he said his name, he was saying, I'm the father of many. Every time somebody said his name, they was agreeing with him that he was the father of many. Almost 24 years of waiting. But once he maximized his mouth through speaking words of faith, the miracle child was born in less than a year. Faith-filled confessions are always the first in the first person and the present tense. It never suggests a future state, but it speaks in the presence as though the future has already come to pass. Ephesians 1 and 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So using our mouth for spiritual activities that glorify God always works to bring success in our lives. We glorify God when we please him with our lives and we bring attention to him. Praying to God is a way to manage your mouth. Praising God is another way to manage your mouth. Our words, there's advantages of us using our words. Our words bring satisfaction. Proverbs 12 and 14 says that a man shall be satisfied with the good fruit of his mouth and the recompass of a man's hand shall be rendered unto him. Our words, the advantage of using good words is our words bring prosperity. Our words have an impact on others. Our words bring health. Our words can be used to lift others up. Our words can bring peace in time of conflict. Through our words we teach others. Our words can inspire hope in hopeless situations. Our words can bring joy into many situations. Our words can influence decision making. Our words can make a, a make us desirable. Our words are the key to our quality of life. Our words are framed by the word of God. God's word brought the order into this earth. 
In Genesis, it talks about in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be. He spoke. He said, let there be light. And God saw that the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day and the darkness. He called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. So God did not make a earth that was void and, 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 and without anything, without form. So he called it what he wanted it. So we talked about managing your mouth and managing your thought. We talked about managing your thoughts and managing your mouth. And so I want to just go back a little bit to managing your thoughts because your thoughts take place in your mind. So let's talk about managing your mind. The mind is the battlefield. Thoughts and reasonings that are contrary to God's word take place in the mind. And these thoughts and reasoning needs to be captured and submitted to God. Our weapon to use is the word of God. The word of God is how you change your mind. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And verse 2 says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Every Christian is at war, whether you want to be or not. You have, you, you can't take a leave in, in this war. You can't be discharged in this war. Our enemy goes about, I told you earlier, as a roaring lion, and he's seeking whom he may devour. And those who resist the devil will see him flee. The only one whom he devours is those who don't actively fight against him. So we have to use the weapon of God's word to fight against the enemy. Weapons is an instrument used in combat to impose our will on the enemy. Our goal as believers is to keep our minds stayed upon the Lord. Isaiah 26 and 3 says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him because he trusted in thee. Our goal as believers is to keep our mind stayed upon Jesus. And according to 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23, we are spirit, soul, and body. Our soul consists of our mind, our will, our imaginations, our intellect, and our emotions. And the weapons of the word is used for casting down two things. Imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And both of these areas are dealing with your mind. Satan has weapons also that he uses against believers. Satan uses the weapon of fear to come against Christians' mind. And fear is this sense of being overwhelmed something greater. Timothy says, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, for God has not given you a spirit of fear, but he's given you 
power, love, and a sound mind. So from scripture, we see that God does not give us fear. So who do? It has to come from Satan. Because God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. He attacks the minds of believers. Story is told in Matthew 8 and 23. Fear is one of those high things that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. In Matthew 8, 23, it says, and when he had entered into the ship, Jesus has told his disciples, we're going to the other side. He made that statement, we're going to the other side. He didn't say we're going to the, we, we might go to the other side. He said we're going to the other side. We're going to the other side. He didn't say we will, if, if something comes up, we'll turn around. He didn't say. He said we're going to the other side. He had given instructions to his disciples. But while on the boat, a great storm arose, sister. Jesus was asleep in the brew of the boat. The disciples come running to Jesus and they said, Master, Master, don't you care that we're perishing? He don't know, he didn't know what was going on. He was asleep. What are you talking about? Do I care? You know I care. Jesus says to them, He asked the disciples, why are you so fearful? Why have you let fear come into your mind? Haven't you seen me take care of you before? Haven't you seen me do things before? What are you, what are you fearful about? What are you fearful? Haven't you seen me do miracles? Haven't you seen me feed the 5,000? Haven't you seen me heal? What are you fearful about? Oh, ye of little faith. The disciples were amazed. And they said, what matter man is this? That even the storms and the wind and the sea obey him. Well, I'll tell you what type of man he is. He is the man who delivers you from the spirit of fear. He's the man that will deliver you from any situation that you find yourself in. He's the man that will give you the power. He's the only one that can turn your gray skies to blue. He's the only one that can make it rain in your life. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the one who raised the land. He is the one who causes the sick to be. He is the king of kings. And the Lord of Lords. He's the mighty conqueror. He's the one who takes away your fear. While every head is bowed. If you're here today. And you're dealing with a spirit of fear. Please make your way up here now. If you're dealing with a spirit of fear. Please make your way up here now. You're fearful for whatever reason. Please make your way up here now. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of love and a sound mind. 
ekanda na mashe endunda na mashuda rabasuta ehekuru basa andarororororo bosi harobeshe andororoririana mashenda roroboso i need some men to please stand behind these people in jesus name haramashetorobosa ekatarabashotorobosa era no 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 mashendoromasi andaroroririana mashondororobasa and if I can get you all to take about three steps back, Sandara Mashitororo, Harameshitara Basuta, Eronomashandorobosa, Hekarabasundere, Andore Besishutarabasete, Iharabasuturebese, Hondarabashetarabo, Andere he hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of love and a sign mind. I rebuke the spirit of fear. Your foul tormenting spirit. Your assignment against God's people is broken. And I command you to lose your hold of them in Jesus' name. Haravosa, I'm gonna lay my hands on you. And Satarabosu, Erudurebasa, and command the spirit of fear to leave. In Jesus' name. Go, in Jesus' name. Loose your hold of her now. In the name of Jesus. Your assignment is over. Loose your hold of her now. In the name of Jesus, Haramashetorobosu, your assignment is over. Loose your hold of her now. In the name of Jesus, Sikiarabasotorobosu, your assignment is over. Loose your hold of her now. In the name of Jesus, Harebesutarabasa, Eramashondorobosi, Erabasetara, loose your hold of her now. In the name of Jesus, be free. In Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus, you loose your hold of him. In Jesus' name, be free. In the name of Jesus, your assignment is over. Loose your hold of her now. Now, now, in the name of Jesus. Loose your hold of her now. In the name of Jesus, your assignment is over. Satarurupusi. His satar. He watcher. Watcher. So Karebesi, Pirobosa Tarabasi, Hedabasu Tarabasi, Glory to God. Hallelujah. Satarodopusa. He had Rabesuta and the Rodomachin de Debosu. He had Doropusu, Harabasutu. Open your mouth and say, Spirit of fear, loose your hold of me now. In Jesus' name. Be gone. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I command you to lose your hold of her. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lose your hold of her. Lose your hold of her now. In Jesus' name. Your assignment is over. Your assignment is over. Lose your hold now. In Jesus. Lose your hold of her now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. He said to us, Thank you, Father, for your delivering power flowing through her body now. 
in Jesus' name. He satarabasoto. Be free in the name of Jesus. Your assignment is over. Loose your hold of him. Hallelujah. From this day forward, if fear tries to if fear tries to attach itself to you again, your confession is, thank you, Father, that I've been delivered from the spirit of fear in Jesus' name. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Did you want prayer, young man? From this day forward, confess that you're healed, delivered in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Has anybody, is anybody in here, the doctor has given you a bad report? A bad report. A bad report. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Is it you? A hand clap of praise. Thank you, Lord. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you're here today and you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, that's the first thing. That's the first thing of getting your mouth right is by confessing him as Lord and Savior of your life. So if you have never confessed him as Lord and Savior of your life, if you died today, you wouldn't know where you would go. If you've never accepted him as Lord and Savior, by a show of hands, let me see your hands. If you've never confessed him Lord and Savior of your life, If you're here today and you need to rededicate your life back to the Lord, you strayed away, haven't been as faithful as you used to in the things of God, and you need to rededicate your life back to the Lord by a show of hands. Let me see your hand. See your hand. I see your hand. If you're here today, And you have not been filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. The Holy Spirit language is not some gibberish language. But it is a language of the Spirit. Whereby we pray and praise God more perfectly. So if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, it's an act after salvation. And you'd like to be filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. By a show of hands, let me see your hands. I see your hand. The Holy Spirit will give you power, power to live a life, an overcoming life. He's your helper. He's as real as I am standing here today. If you're here today... And you need a church home. This is a good church. Pastor Sally would love to be your pastor. She can teach you faith as never before. So if you're looking for a new church home, 
by show of hands. Those of you who raise your hands for appeal number one, appeal number two, rededication, are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you would, please just stand to your feet. And just let me ask you something, Pastor Carol, do we have something in place for them to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Or if not, I can do it right here. Those of you who need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, would you please come down forward now? Those of you who need to be filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, would you please make your way down here now? Those of you who raise your hand to be rededicated your life back to the Lord, if you would, please come forward now. If you raise your hands to be rededicated back to the Lord. Don't miss the moment. I saw more hands than this. Don't miss your moment to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you would like to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I promise you, nothing strange, nothing funny, nothing flaky is going to happen to you. If you have not been filled with the Holy Spirit, come forward now. It is the will of God that you be filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. As I said earlier, tongues is not some type of gibberish language, but it is a language of the Spirit whereby you pray and praise God more perfectly. The Bible says that if you ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit, He'll fill you with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to lead you into a prayer where you're asking to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is the one who, Jesus is the one who fills you with the Holy Spirit. But he'll use your vocal cords. So that means you're going to have to open your mouth and say something. Now, when you speak, it may not sound like mine. I've been flowing in it longer. But you may sound like a beginning of a baby. But that's just the beginning. And as you pray on a consistent basis, your prayer language begins to be more fluent. More fluent. So we're going to go through a prayer. And then we're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Before we do that, I want to deal with the one that came up to be rededicated. Rededicated? The Bible says, if you ask for forgiveness, God forgives you. Many times what happens is people get, life gets in the way. People stray away from the things of God. But here's the good thing about God. He puts you back in line. Okay? He puts you back in line. Not holding anything against you. Okay? Nothing. No matter what you, whatever happened. Whatever happened. He's not holding any sins against you. Nothing. He just wants you back. He just wants you back. That's all he wants. So here's what I want you to confess. Dear God, thank you for saving me. Thank you for accepting me 
back into your kingdom. In Jesus' name, I repent of any sins that I may have committed. And I thank you for your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, any tormenting spirits that will try to attach itself, in the name of Jesus. Repeat after me, dear God. You said in your word that if I ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll fill me. So I'm asking you now to fill me with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. When Pastor Laura begins to speak, I will speak in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now he's going to use your vocal cords. So that means you're going to open your mouth and you're going to speak because out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Out of your belly shall flow. Pray. Keep praying. Keep praying. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. For those that have been filled with the Holy Spirit and have rededicated their life back to the Lord. Pray in your prayer language every day. Every day. And it will begin to get fluent. When you don't know what to pray, Pray in your prayer language. When you don't know what to pray, pray in. God understands every word you say. I may not understand. Nobody else around you may not understand, but he understands. And that's who you're talking to when you pray in your prayer language. All right? Give the Lord a hand clap. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give the Lord one more big hand clap of praise. We thank God for what he's done. Hallelujah. You want me to just close it out? Oh, you got it. You, you're going to close it? Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise.